everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm Peter Bolden. And I'm Craig Spodak. Dentistry can sometimes feel lonely. Having over 45 years of combined experience and the chops to run eight successful practices, our mission is simple. Pay it forward and share what we've learned. That's why we developed the Bulletproof Pathway to help you navigate your way to ultimate success in dentistry. And don't forget to join our community's conversation over at bulletproof.dental. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. It's Peter and I again today. And Peter, you were so kind to make this great PowerPoint um, presentation, and uh, we're going to be doing it in um, today we're reviewing it uh, for the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast because every single self-help book that you've ever read or ever will read basically falls into 11 simple rules. Um, and I want to bring this up because uh, Peter and I are big fans of Naval Ravikant. We talk about him all the time. But Naval has this thing about don't be upset about the books you never finished. And he said, in fact, in any given moment, you should have, you know, several books that you started and are only a quarter or half complete because some books will actually tell you the concept and then spend the next 11 chapters reiterating mm-hmm. it in different examples. And if you've gotten what you need out of the book, you know, put it down. And I think there's a lot of guilt around <laughs> yeah. unfinished books. I mean, how many people have told you, oh, I've got the best book for you. And you're like, oh, I've got like five books that I haven't gotten through yet and three audibles. You know what? Don't don't care. Don't beat yourself up. The the goal is is to get what you need out of the book, and if it's one chapter or two or three, and you got what you need, put it back on the shelf. But if you are not into reading at all whatsoever, then um, this this is a great way to consolidate all the self help books. I like this topic from a lot of perspectives, and honestly, Craig, the the the, the genesis of of this self-help and 11 simple rules i actually found from a medium article where someone was talking about it. i can't remember the gentleman's name i want to give some credit <clears throat> but it was on a medium article and it was written back in 2020 um and i was like man what a great and it's every self-help book boiled down into 11 simple rules okay and this guy chris taylor on on uh, 2020 and so i love it that you're talking about naval but i also love it because we get this question so much um Meaning like, hey, you got any good book recommendations? Well, that's a very popular uh, conversation at Summit. Um, and honestly, it was it was one thing before you were involved in the podcast, Greg, I used to ask every guest because like in a closing thing, like, hey, any books you recommend? But I love it that 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 you're talking about Naval thing. And here's why is because a lot of us are ADD. Okay. It's and and we have this weird guilt with like, I didn't finish the book, but I got what, you know. But so so if you reframe it with I got what I needed. I know they're going to discuss the same thing kind of thing over the next 11 chapters. Like, you're right, put it down, move on to the next one, but implement and execute on kind of what you learned um, versus just being this avid cons- consumer of, of, uh, of books, right? You ever see right. those people that are, that are, that are, that are consummate readers, but they don't advance the life or nothing changes in their personal life. you know, IRL 100%. in yeah. real life, nothing changes a hundred percent. Um, so let's jump into let's jump into it because I think this is very applicable because so many dentists I know read self-development books, self-help books constantly. Like I don't read fiction books, Craig. I just don't yeah, I don't I don't either. I yeah, it's just they don't they don't excite me. And I'm honestly from a, I can't consume the same reason I'm not a great golfer is because I couldn't use that aliquot of time 
you know, that I couldn't use that chunk of time away from my practice. Same reason I kind of like fiction. If I'm going to read, I need to be developing something in my ecosystem. Yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, I do, I do think it would be nice to consume some fiction uh, here and there. <laughs> it, would, it would. I think it's nice as a respite, the same reason why I typically don't go to movies. But when I do, I just saw, I just saw that new Bond movie and I was like, I lost two and a half hours of loving every minute of it. So I guess it's <laughs> entertainment, but I agree with you. If I'm going to spend concerted brain power, I want to use it to get better in some small way, not just in my practice, my personal life, family life. I want to, I want to get better. That's why self-help is so mm-hmm. enticing for me. So step number one, take one small step. Yep. I'm having a camera difficulties. Go for it. So your daily habits aren't just an important to the whole ball game. The best way to get big results is to make tiny continuous changes to daily habits, improving any metric by 1% of the time adds up to exponential growth over the long term. I love this because people don't, you, you can't make a great life. It's just too big. Of, it's too big to try to make a great life, but you can make a great minute, which turns into a great hour, which turns into a great morning, which is a great day and then a great week and so on and so forth. So I think the chunking of, of success is important. People see success as one big move. Like I got on shark tank and boom, everything is different. Mm-hmm. Or I, I failed at this. You know, it's not because you ate a slice of chocolate cake that you got fat. You just ate a slice of chocolate cake every day, every day, every week of every month. So this this whole act of like one small step and one improvement is, is the Japanese term. It's like Kaizen, right? And so it's the whole improvement. It's exactly, it's the, it's the, and that's, you know, there was a book that got famous on this. I think it was like 1% or maybe it's a a saying, but it's like, get, get 1% better every day, implement small habits that get you better, but don't focus on, yeah. Don't focus on the shark tank being your make or break at success. Um, yeah, and improving yeah, any metric you, by 1%, Craig, at a time leads up to exponential growth. Um, you know, if you ever, if you kind of do the math, if you're any mathematicians, you see that 1%, increasing the aggregate 1% every day makes a massive difference. Um, I love the idea that says make your daily practice, quote, too small, too small to small. fail. Mm-hmm. Too small to fail. So, like, you know, it's like working out. Like, everybody thinks like you need to, like, literally your first day and do like two hours working out where you have to go to the, you have to go to the store and buy running shoes and a sweatband and Lululemon shirt. Like, no, you can actually just leave your house and walk around your block for 12 minutes or 15 minutes in your street clothes on your phone. And that was a workout, you know, so make it so small that it's really hard not to do it. I think that's what the the impediment, you know, is the first step to anything. So if it's, you know, getting, it's just that, I love that idea. That's, that's, that's massive right there. Yeah. And obviously then there's a building thing. And I think that's, a, you gave a great analogy from a workout perspective, because I struggle in this area. Like, I do not want to do it. I don't ever like going, you and I had a conversation offline the other day about like, you're like, yeah, I hate every second of working out. But if you make it to where you're like, all right, and then just build upon, it. I can do 10 minutes today, right? I can do that. And then yeah. the next day I'll do, you know, 11 minutes. So Anybody this is who um, says they love working out. By the way, I wonder if they really mean they love I the effects. A lot of friends like that. You do. You <laughs> yes. have friends that say they love working yes. out. So yes. my wife loves to work out because if she doesn't, she doesn't like the person she is. Mm-hmm. So that's like saying like it's a little bit of a, a different way. Cause I freaking hate it every day. Like I was figuring out a way to not do it this morning. I was really, well, I think some people are addicted to the endorphins and stuff like that. I think it's a whole different conversation, but there are people who genuinely enjoy it. And yeah, usually so, they're pretty fit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, um, if, if, if your one small step is a workout, 
congrats. Even if you're listening to this podcast right now and it's 10 PM, you can actually walk out the door as we're speaking because we got more time and start walking or getting a treadmill as you're listening to us. And uh, there's your workout. Next one, Pete. The next one that's been summarized down to it is changing your mental maps. And this is essentially like, look, until your mind truly believes that you can accomplish something like your body won't do it. So like, if you believe it, your mind can achieve it. And, um, um, it's just mental toughness. And a lot of books will sit there and tell you like, here's what you need to do and create a plan. And planning is the, is the takeaway. Planning is the key to all of this. You know, I always say that, that, that a plan without action steps is just hopium. It's just, you, you're, it's, it's just a wish. Well, I wish this happens, but unless you plan, things cannot become real. Yeah. And you got to actually have that emotional connection to the, to the end point or else you won't be able to sustain the ass kickings that are going to come. So when I'm working with people and they're like, well, I've tried this and I tried that. It's just not working out. It really traces back to, you probably didn't want it bad enough because if it came down to your family, your kids, or your backs up against the wall, if you have no other plan, you will figure out a way to get it done because they're non-negotiables in life. You know, and, and I think if you have that tenacity, because you really, you know, like how many times have people not had the money to do something and, and something came up, your kid got sick, something happened. You're like, you're, there's, you're going to get it done. So if you want it bad enough and you have that mental map to the destination and you understand the destination, you know, that vision, you want it bad enough, you can withstand any reason and anything to get it done. Like Benjamin Franklin says, if you, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. Right. Yeah. All right. Next one is the struggle is good. The struggle is good. And this goes into, you ever seen the, uh, the stoicism is a big, something going on right now. I think you're reading that book, right? Uh, yeah. Or... I read a couple of stoic books. The, uh, the obstacle is the way, mm-hmm. um, how to think like a Roman emperor by Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. I, I love the stoic philosophy. I absolutely love it. This is Ryan holiday stuff. Mm-hmm. that's but that's like the whole the whole premise and actually also the subtle art of not giving a fuck by mark manson is also the struggle is good so like it's not problems that are the problem it's um you know actually solving problems is the way you get to happiness so happiness is not the absence of problems you're meant to struggle i think the biggest ahas in our mastermind are people look at you and i with like larger successful practices and be like ah so easy for them and then we start getting real and like, hey, this is an ass kicking. This is an ass kicking. People then give themselves the conscious permission to say, okay, it's meant to be struggle. It's meant to be hard. But it, you know, it's not about uh, being unfeeling, but about shifting your mental framework so that you can expect and welcome the worst things that can happen instead of fearing it. Shit's going to go wrong. You're mm-hmm. going to get through it. And even though life is suffering, overcoming those challenges is happiness. So stoicism, Marcus Aurelius comes to mind when you that. And I think that's, like I said, I think it's very popular right now, like his memoirs. Um, and he wrote, um, he said, he said this, say to yourself early in the morning, I shall meet today ungrateful, violent, treacherous, envious, and uncharitable men. Right. So like yeah. he's preparing himself for the day of the struggle. Oh, and it's, yeah. uh, and stoicism, like you said, is not about unfeeling. It's just shifting your mental framework because you're going to have to solve some problems. There's going to be an uphill battle today. And, and there's going to be some suffering potentially. So getting ready yeah. for battle. I think, I think that's awesome. I, I that's love awesome. it. And all, I mean, listen, Naval, bring it back to Naval, who's like a modern stoic. Go back just for one second. Sure. Naval, Naval says like, hey, the problems of this generation should be read 
by, you know, more modern thinkers. Like if you have a social media addiction, you know, don't, don't read the stoic philosophy, but the human problems, the ones that we're all born with, the ones that are conditionally like programmed to our head, that's the be- best solved by the ancient philosophers. Cause let's face it, this shit was written like two and 3000 years mm-hmm. ago. If it wasn't good, it would have been, you know, it's like seeing a mo- an old movie. You don't see old shitty movies. You only see good old movies because they wouldn't make the test of time. And um, even when you go further into the Stoic philosophy, it was also a reminder that, you know, memento mori, one day you shall die. And even when the Roman emperors would come back from battle, they would be shouted back with memento mori. Like you're great today. You're standing on the chariot, you know, uh, with your, with your victory. But remember one day you'll die. All this is transient. So I love that. Are you getting the most out of your practice? We'll find out exactly what type of dentist you are and understand exactly how to get impactful results by zeroing in on your superpowers and mitigating your weakness. Want to find out? Head over to DennisQuiz.com now to get your results. Next one is instant judgment is bad. Okay. And so, you know, this is something that I remind myself of every day or or I've gotten better at is, is don't rush to judgment about your fellow people. Um, and one thing that I've always heard that, that really rings true is you never know what battles, like everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. You may not know what it is. And so that's, that's empathy. Cause I think empathy doesn't come to me naturally or compassion. It's just, I, I really have to work at kind of these things, Craig. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm one of your best friends. I know. So I think in judgment's important too, externally and internally, I don't think that you can, be judgy with others and not have it judge yourself. So I always look at judgment like a really heavy, like medieval sword. If you swing it, it's going to come back and hit you. So instant judgment on others and also instant judgment on yourself. So it's not all good and all bad. Peter and I were talking the other day that we're like human beings, but we're, we have ape brains. So when shit goes wrong, it's easy to just throw it all away. And just, that's just not true. So I think that's important. This next one is um, probably my favorite. And it's something that I, I literally, when I'm qualifying decisions, I make Craig with, for instance, I went, I'll, I'll tell you an example of how I apply this every day, but it's remember the end of your life. Okay. And so I always ask my friends, like when they're saying, I was like, Hey, would your 80 year old self, and I've even told you this, would your 80 year old self be happy or glad that you made this decision? If, if it feels too big, if it feels too extravagant, if it, it feels even matter, <laughs> whatever. Right. But like, would your 80 year old self been like, dude, you did it. You know, like, good for you. You took that plunge. You, you went on that boat trip. You, you bought world series tickets on Saturday night, right. You took your son that it was like, holy shit. That was the price of a car that you did. But it was like, I'm on this, on this side of it. I'm super glad that I did it because it's like, you get one ticket. You know, I always say that the one ticket, the Gary V thing, and, and it's, uh, you know, you have to remember that, that we are here for just a blip in time, a blip in time. Um, yeah, and, not and- only the good stuff, but it, it compartmentalizes the bad stuff. This won't mean shit. I mean, the things that I suffered at, we've all suffered. I mean, just to quote Marcus Aurelius again, we suffer more in imagination than in reality. Um, it's always, you know, the, the pontification of what this is going to mean. Oh, the bank is not going to do this. You know, an associate quit the hygienist quit, whatever it is, I'm sure it's not going to mean shit in, in five years, never mind the rest of your life. So I think that's important to compartmentalize it all. Well, it's, and it's regret minimization, right? Sure. As much as you can. I mean, as a Bezos talks about a lot is that like, you know, 
Amazon wouldn't be here if, if he didn't say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to live bold. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive to Seattle and, and kind of, and do something big, make a bookstore, right? <clears throat> we wouldn't have Amazon. So I love this one. I think about this one all the time. Maybe, um, I don't know why, but my, I think about my own mortality a lot in, in analyzation of my actions. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe that's you, you is that should. more, it feels morbid a little bit, Craig, but well, I, no, I'm everything constantly else is auditing that. No, everything else is delusional. I mean, to, to not think of your mortality is, is in many ways delusional. It's like, of course you're, you're, I mean, and by the way, when you and I are doing the calculations, we're calculating for an average life expectancy people, there's no guarantee that we're returning back to our beds tonight. You know? So, so even if you're thinking like, Oh, 78 and I'm 40 and I got right. 38 or whatever. I mean, that's bullshit too. I mean, my, one of my best friends is in the hospital this morning. You know, I didn't, my buddy, John, like got, had to be admitted to the hospital. Like, you know, you know, Gavin's traumatic incident, we was, you know, yeah. these are, there's no guarantees in anything. So it's not like the end of your life should be so distant. It could be unfortunately today. That's why I really viscerally hated that book that, um, the millionaire next door. And I don't want to wrap this into finance, right, but I think right. that I was, I saying. think that was a scarcity mentality and it put people into, Hey, never have co- Starbucks you know, cut your paper, toilet paper and you'll be rich when you're 75. Like who gives a shit? You, you had your whole oh, yeah, life and I you know, blew it. There's you, also Ramsey too. Uh, whatever his name, David Ramsey. Right? Dave I Ramsey. Just, oh I sent God. you that. You, like, oh well, I mean, listen, you got to understand that everybody has a different money problem, but to be on a podium and say, this is how money should be treated. Money's different for everybody. You know, right. it's different from everybody. So you can't be one, one size fits all. And they, you know, average person has shit tons of credit card debt. So, you know, it's not, you know, there, there's a, if anything is, it's not the pan, it's not the epidemic of not splurging for experiences is the epidemic of ruining your life chasing today versus tomorrow. So I think that's important to have both sides of it, but I agree with you. Um, but Take the next one. Yeah. So be playful. Number six, life is way too short to give any fucks whatsoever about what other people think of you when you're living your best life. Others are drawn to you when you behave like that. Act, actively cultivate your quirks, no matter how difficult your task is. You can always make it playful. You know, this is I, your uh, favorite. This is your book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I mean, this is what it boils down to: is just like be playful. Yeah, right? I agree with that. I I agree with that. I think that um, life is going to give you some shit sandwiches, so you might as well have a good sense of humor over it. Um, and and unfortunately, the- you know, on social media, that's why I think it's one of the most damaging things about it is that is that we social media is designed to let everyone give a fuck, right? Meaning that yeah. like you post things to say like, what's people gonna think that I get enough likes? And unfortunately, we are migrating to a place of like caring too much about what people think. And at the end of the day, I always tell, I always say this: like people, you may think people care about what you do. Hmm. Like they, you know, ultimately they, they think about what you're done and like, Oh, I can't believe they did that. And ultimately they're back to thinking about themselves and them, their families within seconds of thinking that, right. We, we overestimate how much people care about what we do and therefore it shouldn't drive any of our decisions. Yeah. So I like, think it's really important to tell your kids this too, because my kids, you know, our kids are the same age people, but they're always like the, you know, they, like if they make a bad play in baseball or they're mm-hmm. upset with the way things are, you know, my daughters went to the middle school dance. And I think it's important for them to, to, to know that we all care. I think caring is, you know, it's hard to say, don't care about what people think. I think to remind yourself that everyone cares. So my son asked me an interesting question. He's like, daddy, how was your, how was your first girlfriend? How old were you? I'm like, well, why do you ask? Because like, they were trick-or-treating. I saw two young kids holding hands. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I was like 13, 15. I can't remember. He's like, were you nervous? I'm like, of course. 
And he goes, do you think she was nervous? And then he's like, yes, she was nervous too. Everybody's nervous. We're all stuck in our own heads, mm-hmm. worried about what everybody else thinks. But once you realize this and everybody thinks the same thing, it's just certain people are better at hiding it, but everybody cares. So I think there's grace in that, that just everybody cares. And then knowing that so it's not like, cause it's kind of telling you don't be hungry. It's a human need to care. So it's like squashing a human need. All right. At this rate, we're going to get to number 11 by what? Like another two hours or no, something? we're moving. We're moving. Oh, we are. Okay. I just got to move. I got to move us out of the way. We're going. All right. Number seven is be useful to others. Be useful to others. Um, and this is, uh, and this is in the, in the book, it really comes to don't be just, don't be an asshole is, is one of the books. This is, this is from, um, and really, was that the it, real book? <laughs> yeah, there's a, it's a, there's a, it's a there's a 2020 self-help title. Don't be an asshole. No way. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's essentially the purpose of life is not to be happy is to be useful. And, and Raldo, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote that. So Emerson, when I was a kid reading that stuff, you, you see, that's the weird next. Let's go back to seven. That's a little weird, right? So you embrace your weirdness. No kid reads Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson as a kid. I had to, I went to like oh. the t- best part of school in the country, but I think there's another level of that. It's not Wait, was, just that just, be- was that a subtle flex right there? <laughs> I went to the yeah. best private school in the nation. I did. I just found out maybe it wasn't at the time, but it is. <gasps> yeah. now. If I could punch you through this zoom channel, like I would. Well, you don't have to, you're doing a good job verbally punching me, but I think it's important to go back to that one for a second number. Oh yeah. Uh, the next one be useful. So it's not just be, don't be an asshole too, but like, you know, we always talk about uh, every achievement is scientific fulfillment is an art form. So you can get everything you want. You can be like, I'm going to get a billion dollars. I'm going to do this. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. But if you're not serving your fellow man, if you don't have purpose, it's very likely you won't have fulfillment you'll go off into some like Dan Bolzerian self-absorbed, like, you know, shithole. And even though it looks really fun, it probably is actually pretty fun for a couple of months. You don't want to build a life out of that. Yeah. It's unfulfilling. Right. So find the thing that makes you, you then use it in a way that will help as many humans as possible. And this is as close to what we get to the meaning of life. And that I believe like find that superpower, amplify that superpower, use that superpower for good. However it is, maybe it's the byproduct of your superpower, but like, I kind of agree with this right here. Yeah, I agree with it too. I love it. And don't just be you, be authentically you because you have your unique gifts, you know, I, I, and I think other people struggle to try to be somebody else. Oh, this one's a good one. That well, number, number my, uh, there we go. Per, per, perfection equals procrastination. And this is, you always say this enemy is, is the, uh, I'm sorry. Perfection is the enemy of execution. Right. No, it's Henry Ford, but yeah. Oh, it's true. so number eight is perfection equals procrastination. You know, it was funny speaking of Henry Ford, he actually had this thing. Um, cause he said perfection is the enemy of production because he was the first mass producing automobile. And he says they, someone once asked him and said, Henry, uh, what is, I thought your quality over quantity. He says, quantity has a quality all of its own. <laughs> what a brilliant guy quantity has a quality all of its own so if you're single that could apply to you as well but probably not um but yes don't get it all perfect peter and i are diving deep into these um personalities has to see and we see people that have this high detail they want it all perfect and My wife they, is one. you know yeah your wife exactly so she's not gonna wait she's not gonna execute a plan until it's literally perfect Peter and I are very similar. We'll literally start building something halfway through be like, you know, let's just buy this and throw the whole thing away. 
So it's like, we just want to move, move, move. The interesting thing, I, I think this is great because so many people in my life wear this badge of honor or say they wear this badge of honor. Like, Hey, I'm a perfectionist. So like, it wasn't, you know, I didn't do that because I'm a perfectionist. Like you ever hear people say like, oh, I'm a perfectionist by at heart. And, and whenever I hear that, Craig, all I think about is you're just too chicken shit to do something. I really do yep. feel that way because it, when you can say you're uh, uh, I'm a perfectionist, it allows you to wait until you think it's perfect, which isn't scary at all. Right. Yep. Um, and it doesn't let you embrace your flaws and the notion like any of that. So I, I, I hope I didn't offend any, any self-entitled perfectionist, perfectionist but I, I think that if you, if you say that out loud, it just means that you like, you had to wait till it was perfect to start. It's never going to be start. It's never yep. going to be perfect. Yeah. Never. Never going to be perfect. And the thing is, is what happens as the perfectionist is that you're trying to anticipate the problems you're going to run into. You don't know them. You don't know what problems you, how many times have you and I about to start something like this is going to be the three biggest obstacles three years into it. None of those three were big obstacles. There were Mm -hmm. new obstacles that we didn't even realize. I mean, let's face it. Target spent a shit ton of money trying to outmarket Walmart and Walmart target. And all of a sudden, like, uh, you know, Amazon comes around. (laughs) <laughs> or like the American Academy of Orthodontists is spending millions of dollars saying, hey, when you get Invisalign, go to an orthodontist, not a general dentist. All of a sudden, Smile Direct Club comes in and big middle finger to the whole industry. Uh-huh. So, so the point is you got to start because you don't know what's lying ahead for you. So the only way through it, you know, or only way to get done is go through it. So perfectionistic behavior doesn't always serve you. Yeah. I, th- I think there's also an inflection point. You have to say like, look, if it's, if I think here's a hundred percent and here's 80%, like you need to launch or act at the 80% mark because it's, you're never going to get to that thing threshold. And maybe that's sometimes that's building the parachute on the way down. And maybe that's not where you thrive, but like, don't just sit on the sidelines and be like, well, I'm a perfectionist. So like, I never, I yeah, never I started. If, I think what you're saying to you, Peter, is if it's, if it's a pattern, if you have multiple things in your life that haven't gotten off the ground because right. they're not all the way figured out, that's an aha moment. Yep. Um, you know, there's probably a happy medium between Peter and I. We tend to jump off the plane sometimes and build parachutes. Works for us. This is my second favorite one of it. It's number nine, sleep, exercise, chill, and repeat. And if you remember, Craig, going back to Naval, Naval gets a lot of love from us, by the way. Naval said, yeah, look, it. you train. You sprint, you rest, and you reassess. Essentially the same, it's kind of the same thing, but essentially going with a healthy mind is a healthy body. So sleep is so big, so big. I know. Right. And it's something that I made a science of. I could do, I need to do a whole like pod just yeah, well, to like look at the crazy biohacks and the look things that I've done. He yeah. had me do the aura ring and the Uller pad. I'm on both of them. Yeah. And it's working yeah. really well for me. Melatonin, Uller pad. And uh, yeah, you should do that. You right weren't away. sleeping, which, which as yeah. your buddy, I was concerned about like, this yeah. is not good, Greg. And you're like, well, I don't really need it. I'm like, bullshit. The humans need it. And so you got to get, you know, it, this says six to eight to 10 hours a night. I would say it's more like eight to nine. It would be, everyone needs about eight to nine yeah. from the science that I've been reading. You yeah, got to exercise. You do, would you do a podcast on sleep? Just go through your bio. Yeah. Well, I, I you know, I, one of the best books I've read recently, um, um, is about, uh, what's it called now? I'm, now I'm drawing a blank. Of course, I'm going to draw a blank. We're doing live, but it's basically about, um, uh, perfect, not human, um, human performance. And it's talking about, you know, exercise, sleep, nutrition, um, a bunch of things. And it goes through like all the science and, and sleep is probably the most important thing. 
you know, so much so, Greg, that you know the book with Tim Ferriss that I, I gave you, uh, the yeah, the Tools of the Titan. Titans, yeah. which I think is a class destined to be a classic. Go back if you if you have that book, revisit it often because it just gives you these these clues about all these successful people. But a resounding theme in this is all these amazing humans that are that are destined to make their landmark on this planet. They come back to sleep as being being a foundational part. Well, there's a blind spot too, Peter, because the average medical doctor gets like one hour in their entire training on sleep. So like there's data to show that like, you know, being tired is more risky to drive than being drunk Drunk, and, 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 um, you know, attention deficiency disorders, usually kids that are sleep deprived. So what do they give them? They give them Ritalin, which is a stimulant, which ruins their sleep patterns even more. So we have this blind spot, this medical health blind spot where sleep is, you know, doctors should be prescribing sleep, but they're not, they, they prescribe pills. So, um, you know, the, the, the things that you recommended for me made a huge Huge difference. I'll expand on them a little bit, but I think this slide, Craig is, is, is carve out good time for sleep, right? At least eight to nine hours a day, eat, eat really good, invest in good quality food, good quality food, you know, because you are engines, And then exercise daily, you know, and I always say like, even if I don't want to exercise daily, I at least say like, my goal is to just sweat one time a day, one time a day. Right. And, and I can want to do better. I'm, I'm on the path now, just ordered some new equipment right now. Cause I don't want to go back to the gym. So order some, bet, some better equipment, but those three things I think are a tenant. Right. Yeah. And then also give yourself time to chill and assess where, where you are and what you've accomplished, you know, and then, and then move forward again. But yeah, I think, I think a sleep thing would be, an awesome pod. Um, yeah. And it's well, so underrated and it's a little bit boring. Like you said, like, ah, don't do a podcast on sleeping. Well, listen, best case scenario could put people to sleep. You'd be serving them both ways. <laughs> I could just, just talk in a deep monotone voice, yes. but look so much so Craig that I had to gamify it for myself because I wasn't sleeping well. And I, you know, so gamifying it with this aura ring every morning, yeah, I, I wake up and say, how was my quantity? How was my quality and quantity of sleep? You know? And then I told you about it because you, yeah, were I love it. I, I also slept dug in. This, I slept on the camper this weekend. I'm like, I bet you I got like a 58 because it was like it wasn't comfortable. And you nailed I it. I woke up. It was like 55. Yeah. So you like, can tell when you can tell when you wake up what your score is, right? So I love yeah. it when I get I get bonus points for waking up. Be like, oh, you're a 90 today. I'm like, I'm gonna. I've never had a 90 today. in my life. Really? Never. I consistently get 90s. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm gonna clobber it today because because um one of my pain points was of being too hot. You know, I was a hot sleeper and until I got the chili pad, which was recommended five years ago to me in the book of the tools of the Titans by almost every successful business person, right? Trying to get your core temperature as low as possible during the night because it increases your REM sleep and your restorative yeah. sleep. And that changed the game for me. Yeah. Like I sleep amazingly now. Yeah, me too. I love that. I, I bought the same thing. I bought it for a friend and I think he said it on the wrong uh, setting, but whatever it was, it's great. Uh, I love it. He, he um, said, he like, I woke up, I felt like it was like a London subway. I'm like, well, what'd you put it on? It's like 55. I'm like, dude, that's really cold. That's what so, I put it on. Honestly. Oh no, I put mine on like 70. It took me a while because I was experimenting with the aura ring. By the way, did you buy the new aura ring yet? Yeah, I did. Me too. Yeah. We are yeah. so, we're so similar. Well, we get, well, we're similar, but we, we get value, right? Like yeah. meaning that it, if, if it was hokey and I was like, eh, this is not good. But like yeah. I use it daily habitually me too. Me too. to help. And this one does. Uh, the newer ring does a ton more in terms yeah, of all uh, that like daily stuff during the day. Yeah. yeah. Better sleep formulas. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty, it's not freaky. just for this one's just not for sleep. This one, the one we have on our fingers right now, I think was more geared for sleep. The next yeah. one is more like an Apple watch almost on your, 
on your um ring Super finger. Cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that one gets me that topic gets me excited because um I could see that. But yeah. thanks for thanks for intruding into my life and making me buy all that. That was awesome. Right. And I, I did it as soon as you told money. me I did it all. You did. You really did. Okay. The next one is is pretty important as well. And then we talk about this a lot in the summits in terms of when I talk about goals and such, is is it number 10 is write it all down. Create a plan, visualize it, and then make your list of what you need to do to get there. Um, and I always say when you write it in your own handwriting, you make these lists and you're writing things down. Shit gets real when you write it in your own, uh, sorry, Craig, I advanced. When you write it in your own handwriting, it creates, it creates self-accountability. Um, and there's, and there's something some kind about of reticulation. Yeah, reticular activating system when you mm-hmm. write it, physically write it with, your, with a pen and paper, pencil and paper versus um, typing it into a, a note. Um, but also like the, there's also the gratitude journal. Like gratitude is not a muscle that just comes naturally. And, you know, I'm, I'm touring a bunch. So the reason why I said that about my private school is because I went back to check it out because I'm interviewing for Sage and Gavin and, um, you know, uh, they, they had mentioned that, you know, what they were doing. And I, I started asking these questions, you know, cause everybody's like, yeah, oh, we teach Mandarin, Mandarin Chinese. We do all this stuff. I'm like, so what are you doing for the fulfillment, well-being psychology of the student? And they look at me like I have three heads, but like, listen, we're not going to out math India and China, you know? So the, the raw power of the future of America mm. is imagination, good, you know, ha, ha, just, we, we need to develop more well-rounded human beings and gratitude is something that's not taught. So the gratitude journal is this way of teaching you how to look for things going right. Cause people like you and I, who are high performers and by the listeners of the podcast, the way we get ahead is by looking for what's wrong and then fixing that. Mm-hmm. So the gratitude journal is just something, you know, you can get it on amazon.com or whatever. It's five, five minutes in the morning. You just literally, what would make today great? And the end of the day, what went well, what did it? And you create this conscious muscle. You build a muscle on gratitude and, and gratitude is really, I mean, not to turn into a Hallmark quote uh, card here, but gratitude is the single thing that is the, uh, that, that is like the master emotion. You can't be fearful and, gr- and right. having gratitude. It's the antidote for, for so much. For scarcity, yep. for everything when you have gratitude. So, well, did you ever read that book, Getting Things Done? Uh, no, but I know the premise, like checking things off is like, well, it's no, it's so the premise is like capture everything you think you might have to do or want to do now or in the future. And then for every item, you immediately, it's either an immediate thing. It takes less than five minutes or you defer it to another date or time or you delegate it. Um, and so, but the key is getting it all down. Ever notice, Greg, if you ever like write shit down, you, if you ever been anxious or flustered throughout your day, It's because a lot of times you're using your, I like how you say, use your RAM, you know, your computer's random access yeah. memory, your brain's just letting those things whirly, whirly, whirl around in your brain. I know so you ever write it down. It's like, there was only four things. Yeah. And you're like, why it's was I so stressed? Like, buy dog food, check my PNL. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's, it's never what you think it is. So like I, the list in my life, I'm like, this can't be the complete list of all the shit I had in my head. It's usually just five or six things. So don't use your, don't use your precious resource, your, your brain as a storage device. You're literally walking around with your external brain. What does an iPhone have? 128 gigs of RAM, uh, of, uh, of memory rather. Don't, don't use your brain for that. And the last one, the last number 11. So you thought this was going to drag on. No, I love it all, but it's just, you know, it's cause I like, I like listening to you. Oh, well, that was, that was very kind. 
Um, the last one is, look, you can't get it all from reading. And this goes back kind of to the procrastination, one of the perfectionists, is that at some point you need to put down the book and do the freaking work. Yeah, do life. Do it, implement it. You know, don't think that like, ah, oh, that was a good book. I'm going to read another one now. Like, no, implement what you just spent probably, you know, 15 hours on reading. And, and that is important. That is important to, to execute. And I think there's so much, there, talk is cheap, execution is rare. Um, and, um, I don't know. I think that, you, you know, that's just, it's just a big thing. Just put it down, go act on it, yeah, learn something new, done. go act on it. Yeah. But I think, uh, there's something here too. If you're lucky enough to have someone who will call you on literally all of your shit, hang on to that person for dear life. You should um, hang on to me for dear life, Craig. Cause I would call, I'm a shit caller. Shot no. collar, shit collar. What about what do I do to you? You do as well. You do as well. But I think that's important. I think a lot of friendships <clears throat> are based on um, mutual misery, um, and you'll wind up hanging out with people sometimes just because, frankly, they're such a mess. That they make you feel like you're doing great in life compared to them. Mm-hmm. Um, analyze those relationships. You know, I think that um, you know we always say that you show me your five closest friends, we'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. Um, good friends should always be calling you out. They should love you, but they should call you out and. Um, they're, they're, that, that's, that is that's very true. That is very, that's a very good point. Cause you know, like I, like I tell my team, even when, I, when I'm, when, when I'm have to lean in and have hard conversations, like, look, the easiest thing for me to do in this scenario is do nothing. Meaning I don't have to bust your chops and talk to you, you know? So it's always easy just to be like, Hey, good job, friend. Yeah. No big deal. It's not a big deal that you just, uh, you know, stole something from that. I don't know, giving it a, a horrible um, example. But someone be like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's cool. As opposed to like, no, dude, that's, that's wrong. So the easiest thing to do is do nothing. When you have people around you that will dig in and actually have hard conversations with you, that is a valuable, valuable person in your life. Valuable. Yeah. The book that I had forgotten to tell Greg, I was flustered. It's called Peak Performance. That was one of the best I've read this year. But maybe that's a whole different pod. But, but I, was, I was struggling to find um, the book title because you put me on the spot. So that being said, that's a wrap. That's the well, I got a couple. I got a couple little things too. Okay, there's number twelve. Do so oh, number wow. twelve. I've got twelve and thirteen. Oh wow! Yeah, you didn't know that. I'm pulling it out. Yeah. I just like the last minute here. So number twelve, life hack. Um, the summit, the early bird, is almost sold out because uh, you know uh, the that uh, I want to make sure that people get to the summit. I think it actually is sold out. I, I, I it is the early out. bird section is yes. Yeah, the early bird section sold out. So, um, but don't let it all sell out because I think that if you've been telling yourself you're going to go to this thing and you really need to shake it up, um, I, I, I feel so strongly about, I know we both feel very strongly. We feel so strongly, in fact, that there's a 10X guarantee. So uh, I'm hoping that other dental consulting um, companies or lecturers or whatever you want to categorize what we do into um, start doing the same thing. Cause I got a buddy of mine who just came back from a, a well-known conference in Las Vegas. So don't guess. Cause I don't want to say it. I said, how was it? And they said it was one big advertisement. Ha ha. Imagine that one. Yeah, big, it, said. Said, it was an award ceremony. So it was like the Oscar. So, Hey, this person's done this. Yay. Great. This person's done that. Yay. Great. And then, oh, by the way, buy all this crap. And the show mm-hmm. special ends now. 
So it's just really upsetting to me that we have a profession that needs help. You know, unfortunately, we have the dubious honor of having high suicide, high drug addiction, high divorce, and there's nothing out there to really, really help people in a, in a, in a grander format. So I feel strongly about what we do, not only to give people the felt need of their marketing and their all the other hacks that we teach to make their practices bulletproof, but also just getting back to basics because people don't actually know what they want. We have people that are corresponding with us saying, hey, I need help with this. And then we really peel back that onion. I'm like, oh, no, you don't need help with that. You've got three practices and only one makes money, the one you're working in. So what do you really need? Do you really need a Yelp hack or do you really need to get a vision about what you want to do? So um, number 12, get to that summit. Do whatever you can to get to that summit and also bring your team. Because when the hygienists and office managers and auxiliary team are all engaged at the same time, that is just like literally rocket fuel, absolute rocket fuel. Yeah, it's, it's a that's a one plus one equals three scenario, right? Bringing bringing yeah. them allows allows. It's not such an uphill battle, you know. Going back to the the the, the stoicism example we talked about, like you're going to have struggles. Hey, lessen the struggle by in, looping in your team. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, then the, everyone's the aligned. Case, Best case scenario is you like meet at the end of those couple, those two days and just be like, you know what? I might be the cog in this wheel or this machine. What do you people think? And then like, this is what we need to do and let them run. My God, that's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. I think we, we, we conflate the idea that we have to do with the rate limiting. We're the, we're the one that sets the standard in some ways, you know, people like us are the rate limiting step. I know Peter and I have thought that many times we thought everything we're the nucleus of everything. And then stepping aside mm-hmm. and letting other people rise as, has really uh, unleashed our team. So I it. think it's a really cool, I know we've talked about this, but a cool evolution of from where the, the summit started was like, you know, you and I on stage, and now it's kind of morphed into what we think is more valuable and, and better for dentists is like doing what we're talking about, the divide and conquer with bulletproof team, bulletproof hygiene, and then bulletproof, obviously the doctorate capacity. Um, but that's where really where I see the magic, you know, where the rubber meets the road and magic starting to happen because you don't get back. Like we've always said on Monday morning, be like, Hey, I learned all this stuff. Let's do it. And they're like, what are you talking about? Right. And they just whisper to each other. Don't worry. He'll be, he'll be done by Thursday. He'll have forgotten yeah, all about this, this happens all the time. Yeah. So that is really cool. All right. You said you had, that was 12. What's 13, 13, you know, uh, I, uh, this is the 13th, the 13th hack to make your life amazing. Um, is, um, is go on to we love bp.com and Peter, you can even go there too. Cause if you write something, it'll feel good for me, okay. but just if we get, we get emails saying, Hey, you, you've helped, you know, you've done something good for me. You know, I really depend on what you do, or I really like what you do. So if we've added any form of value, if you've gone to a summit, loved it, if you read the book and loved it, if you like the podcast or, or, or anything like that, we've created a really easy place to aggregate testimonials and we need them because we want to well it's a video testimonial so we just created a tribute page for ourselves because we want to hear from y'all we want to hear the impact but also maybe want to use that to help scale it to 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 our our audience and let you know by you saying that like it helped someone else might say yeah that helped me too or may gain influence into our into our industry but we created a just a landing page where people can say hey i got some i got a good feedback from this you changed my life in this but i'm leading i'm growing and do it with your phone as a video. So it's, it's yep. tribute.com or tribute.co we used. And then we just forward it to we love BP. So go to, we love BP and then click on the record a testimonial. Let us know how we've helped you or not helped you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that would be, if you do all 13 of those, you can have a pretty epic life. In you, my are, opinion. you are just yeah. you can put all the books down, all the podcasts yeah. down and yeah. just, uh, and, and just float off into go, the sunset. 
don't go to any other uh, event except for ours. Actually, unless it's clinical, I think. All right, we go whatever, wherever it helps you. If you're in an enlightened state, you can get value from a tree. That's what they say. So, but um, I look forward to seeing many of you at our upcoming summit in Nash Vegas and um, keep listening, keep commenting. We appreciate you guys spread the message.